You're listening to the Run For Your Lives podcast. everyone welcome to the show i'm daphne and i'm pake and this is the run for your lives podcast this episode we're talking about the horror comedy film arachnophobia directed by frank marshall and released july 18th 1990 Ooh, that's kind of around my birthday this is a movie i have been looking forward to us covering yes it's got a lot of humor it's a classic. And a lot of creepy things. It's not a classic monster movie, but it fits our genre, I think. Oh, yeah. So I've been waiting to cover it for a while and just decided that this was the right time. Oh, yeah. Been a, been a long time coming. So it's a good one to, to hit up early in a new season, even though, you know, <laughs> we're just now coming back, second episode back from our break. But it is yeah. already like... A handful of episodes into the season, really. <laughs> this season's already weird, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, we had so much fun with Itober, and then mm-hmm. following that up with Halloween Ends, you guys heard last week what we thought of Werewolf by Night, which was mm-hmm. our first foray into the Marvel Universe. So tonight we're going to come back a little old school and cover yeah. a really fun film that I do remember seeing in the theater. But there was so much I forgot about it until I watched it again. And it's just a lot of fun to revisit this one. I don't know why I don't watch it more. Because it's just fun. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. But I also know why I don't watch it more. Because, ugh. Yeah. Spiders. (laughs) (laughs) Too many creepy crawly scenes that make me very uncomfortable. Uh Hey, are you afraid of spiders? (laughs) Not like, not to the level of Ross Jennings here in this movie, but but definitely there's parts of this movie that made me like I have to look away from the screen for a second and like involuntarily like <laughs> goosebumps all oh over, like shake my. body shakes. Uh- <laughs> okay. I don't love spiders, but I they don't bother me. There are other things that bother me so much more. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan. And yet I'm not a huge fan. I dragged you into arachnophobia. Had you mm-hmm. seen it before? Oh, yeah. I own this movie. So, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to start off by doing a couple of production notes. It was filmed in California and in Venezuela. It is the directorial debut for Frank Marshall, who had previously worked with Steven Spielberg as a producer on some of his films, including Raiders of the Lost Ark. Budget was $22 million, and the gross at the box office was $53.2 million. It was 110 minutes long. Pake, bring us a synopsis. A species of South American killer spider hitches a lift to the U.S. in a coffin and starts to breed and kill. <laughs> yeah. And it does. Although it has no reproductive systems and can't breed it still does somehow and it's never explained they even like mention how it doesn't make sense and then just move past it (laughs) they're like 
You said it can't, but it did. Okay, moving on. <laughs> well, you know, a few years later, a movie would come out that would remind us of something very important. Life finds a way. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that movie was Joss. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my timeline in my head is all screwed up if I thought that was true. No. <laughs> yes. Jaws was out much earlier than mm-hmm. that. I know. It was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. This is going to be a fun one. I have a feeling that Paik is very jokey tonight. My, maybe just a little bit. Okay. Well, we can handle it. Because if you're listening to this podcast and you've been a listener for a while, you know that we're going to break things down by characters, but we always have fun with it. It's a little bit different than just doing a straight recap, but it's our way. It's a run for your lives thing that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I had a hard time deciding character wise because it really all focuses on uh, Jeff Daniels here as Ross Jennings. So pretty much most of my notes it's like the jennings family but really it's just him uh and the stuff that's going on and then i kind of break into like some other side characters and i've got some spider notes we can talk about too and talk about them a little bit but but yeah start with i mean it's it's mainly just jennings dr jennings um i did wonder you know as we follow them as they're moving into town you see the sign and I was like, oh, that's the lyrics to Freak on a Leash by Korn. I was always not sure what they were saying. But then I was reading the signs like, mm, welcome to Kanaima. And I was like, oh, that's what it is. All right. <laughs> that's what they saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> yes. <stupid>. <laughs> <laughs> Such a dumb joke. But um, it's perfect. But I had forgotten how they pronounce it. So I did it. Like, it was like Kanaima. And I was like, oh, that's what. That's what Jonathan Davis says in corn. Uh-huh. Uh- <laughs> so Dr. Jennings and his family are moving to this lovely little town because he thinks he's going to be the town's doctor and thinks mm-hmm. is the operative word because yeah, lovely Dr. Sam Metcalf changes his mind and doesn't want to retire. Yeah. It reminds me, Paik, I have a friend who is a nurse who works with me on another outside of work project that I have a lot of fun with. She is, she doesn't want to retire and she could retire, but she chooses not to. And we've all been trying to talk her into it, but she won't have it. (laughs) So I feel like when people get their minds set to it, you're not going to be able to change it. And I, of course it does seem like he did decide to retire because he had, talked to Dr. Jennings and had him move his entire family <laughs> to a different <laughs> town. And then just like last minute, it's like, oh, by the way, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> How are you supposed to survive? Your family has moved here. Your wife gave up her job. You've moved out to the country and you have no source of income. <laughs> yeah. Douche move, Dr. Metcalf. Yes. <laughs> and I do think, though, his wife wanted him to retire. I think she really was very much pushing for him to, but he changed his mind. He's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting person in yeah. this movie. <laughs> very full of himself. Like, I wouldn't say he's like a terrible person, but he's so full of himself and unaware of his effects on other people 
but like fully unaware of that. Like he just yeah. is like he does not realize how problematic he is with other people in his life. Like, he doesn't. And his wife, Evelyn. So oblivious. She <laughs> tells him at one point, you still think life is a popularity contest. And mm-hmm. that just made me laugh because that is, yeah, that's kind of how he is. He's got all this networking and figuring things out and giving people medication they may not need. And he's kind of old school. And Ross Jennings is on a different side of the spectrum when it comes to that he's more of the science-based um practice of medicine yeah yeah so they moved from san francisco which it took me a while to it wasn't until he said that because i was fully convinced they moved from new york because his son tommy is wearing a yankees hat and i was like well then why why (laughs) when they move in he's got a yankees hat i was like oh they came from new york and i was set on that and then it was like yeah we moved from san francisco and like what? Why don't you get your kids a kid a giant's hat? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> that would make more sense. <laughs> why are you, yeah, why is your child wearing a Yankees hat? They're not from New York. I don't think there's an excuse to wear one unless you're from there. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, if you're just like from somewhere random, whatever, but I mean, they're, they're in a city with a great team and a great place. Yeah. It doesn't they make any to, sense. To games. It's a great park. Uh- <laughs> Interesting that they moved from San Francisco when you and I, by the time this episode comes out, we will have been there. Yeah, recently. But we're still recording this uh, in the past, so we haven't been yet, but... We're going. I'm just going to preemptively say we had a great time. Yes, uh- <laughs> we did. Yes. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, but now they're here in this Kanaima, Kanaima. And <laughs> trying to adapt to new country life. The girls are having a much better time than the boys. Uh, <laughs> as you see, Ross and Tommy are both scared of a little spider. And Molly and Shelly just want to care for it and safely remove it from the house. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're they're into it. I did find that quite humorous. That, you know, the girls are on top of it. And the mm. guys want nothing to do with it. It right. seems, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of cute. <laughs> yeah because it's it's bad luck to, to kill a spider in a new house right mm-hmm. and it's also bad luck to not make love the first night in a new house so ross and molly will have their romantic intimate connection and the mr spider's like hey that sounds like a great idea i think i'm gonna do the same have my own fling out here in the barn yes <laughs> real successful fling out in the barn yeah mm-hmm he didn't just start a family out there. He started an army. Yeah. <laughs> Before he decides to move it. Mm. Just gonna say. We'll talk about that in a bit. So he makes friends with Margaret, who offers to be his first patient. He meets with her, and she's on this medication that Dr. Metcalf had put her on for high blood pressure, even though her levels aren't elevated to a point. To deem it necessary, so he takes her off it. Unfortunately, Dr. Jennings gets his first patient and loses her within the same, you know, 24 hours. Because she's bit by a spider and dies. Yeah. Just hate when that happens. So sad. Every time I meet somebody new and we hit it off and then they get killed by a spider within the same day. Every time that happens, I'm just so frustrated. 
I know. <laughs> you got to keep putting yourself out there. It's so hard. Um, mm-hmm. I did like that she saved her cat, basically. Yeah. Because her I- cat was going to get killed. <laughs> I was getting like like wires crossed with like eight legged freaks, and I kept going like, "Oh God, not the cat! Oh, not the cat!" <laughs> yeah, I know throughout the whole movie. Uh- <laughs> yeah, no, no, the cat made it outside. Yes, yeah, I, I do got to say, uh, Jeff Daniels was a really great choice for Ross. He is very because his quick wit is what made mm-hmm. the character that much better for sure. I have to give oh, that little, yeah. like note out there. I'm just like, yeah, he's. A lot of the quick little one-liners and retorts and stuff. I was like, only somebody like Jeff Daniels. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that, too. I thought he brought a lot of humor to the character, who is a little bit neurotic when it comes to spiders. I mean, let's face it, he is. Yeah, he's got a... He definitely has a strong case of arachnophobia. And then I'll do my best pitch meeting. But hey, that's the name of the movie. Yes, that's the name of the movie, sir. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that'll be super helpful in a movie about spider invasion, right? Um, uh-huh. <laughs> of course it will. Yeah. It, it was interesting to watch him just even going in the barn. Anywhere he went where there was a spider web, it was kind of like awkward for him. Because he just is so afraid. And he talks about being a child. Though I don't know how on earth he remembered that. Because it sounded like he was an infant. Mm -hmm. But um, when he was a young child, the spider crawled into his bed. And he's been afraid ever since. Those little like traumatic creature moments as a tiny child will stick with you. Because I have one just like that. I mean, not a spider. But I have a vivid i mean it's blurry like it looks like when i think about it it's like this blurry image in my head but this visual of being a tiny little child that was in like a crib like mobile crib kind of thing like a little carrier and i was like in an rv but like looking out because i was at my great grandpa's house and outside of the gate the fence at the end of his driveway was a bobcat sitting there staring in and i remember looking at it and it traumatized me <laughs> and so oh my goodness even now i still like that visual from being like a two-year-old like he was i still like yeah no so i get it <laughs> yeah you just never know what's gonna scare you mm-hmm. you know or those memories that you're gonna have from childhood and how they'll impact you the rest of your life mm-hmm. i spent a great deal of time with my grandmother who was terrified of frogs I am terrified of frogs. Like, uh, (laughs) they scare me. So we got to find a good frog movie to cover. Uh (laughs) Only if you want to watch I don't know if there is one. I'm sure there's... Oh, there is. There is, is, Peg. It's called Frogs. Oh, how unique. How clever. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's... it's, I've seen it. (laughs) Since they're not in front of me, I'm okay. It's just Uh when they're around. I kind of get, yeah, yeah, not good. Chris and I have an agreement. I'll protect him from the hornets if he'll protect me from the frogs. And it sounds ridiculous, but it works. Yeah, whatever works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you mentioned him going out and like seeing the webs and everything, which his wife Molly is just very much like, you got to face your fears head on and you got to go look at the webs because it's this architectural, beautiful, genius thing. And you got to see. And then, of course, he gets smacked in the face with a 
you know, webbed up rat or a mouse. Oh my! Yeah. Which how does she really think that that tiny little spider that she like pulled out of her kid's like box was responsible what, what for did that all rat? of this? No. Like really? <laughs> no. I mean, maybe I don't know. I think it's kind of strange. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you said he he lost his first patient pretty quickly, but he has made friends with Henry Beechwood to some degree. So, you know, Henry said he could help Ross out with some new patients. Uh, oh boy. You know, I guess giving the football team their physicals is something. Uh, I'm sure, you know, he was expecting some work with a little less balls, but you know, you do what you do. <laughs> yes. So the amazing Peter Jason played Henry Beechwood. Um, I loved him in Deadwood, but he's also been in a bunch of other things. I know he's been on something else that we covered. Peter Jason was also in Dante's Peak, which we covered way, way, way back. And he was also in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So he's been in a few Run for Your Lives movies. Nice. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, talking about football team. Uh <laughs> so of course one of those kids on the football team uh just suddenly dies because there's a spider in his helmet. Uh and of course after Ross had examined him. So it starts making Ross look kind of like a serial killer somehow. Uh the, it does. the town's calling him Dr. Death, um, which is not a reputation you really want to have. No, and his kids are so <laughs> upset about it. Until they're not later and his daughter's Yeah, until the- she's like laughing about it with her friend. <laughs> like, I don't think I would be that excited about someone calling my father something so bad. Right. Um, but he's putting things together. He says, he knows that he didn't do anything wrong. He mm-hmm. thinks there's another issue at hand. I mean, all, or a all foot. he's doing is doing these these physicals. I'm like, oh no, is there like a special way you can touch someone down there that will make them seize up and die an hour later? I hope not. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> I know. Makes you never want to experiment with that again. Right. <laughs> Celibacy oh. is going to be a new normal. Right. <laughs> what did you do to him? <laughs> oh my God. I know ah. we were going to go there, but let's, let's just keep it. That was great. It's funny. Uh. Yeah, so then, of course, you know, and Metcalf is the next one. He gets bit, seizes up. You kind of have to chuckle a little bit when Molly is like, well, thank God you didn't examine him this morning. I know. Oh, my <laughs> it's God. It's like, things were starting to look real bad in your favor. <laughs> I know, but Metcalf was kind of the key. And one, I ha- I have to say, I'm glad his wife survived because she seemed like a normal, nice person mm-hmm. who just wanted to get him to give it all up and get out of town and do something fun. And he was just... Holding on to the past until he couldn't hold on anymore. He put his slippers on and that was it. Mm -hmm. And then of course, after all that, and I was like, well, Ross is going to finally get his full autopsy that he's been looking for. Now that the man who keeps blocking them is finally the one that he's going to need done. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then he got to take over his town doctor officially, maybe not the ideal way he wanted to do it, but. It got done. <laughs> no, and he had a lot of patients and mostly kids. I'm wondering what's going around at the school. And one <laughs> little girl just wants ice cream. <laughs> Don't let him touch you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Crazy. Fall over dead. Oh, man. <laughs> but he figures out that 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 Metcalf was bit on the toe by a spider. Mm-hmm. And he wants to exhume the bodies. And the sheriff, who we haven't talked about at all, he was kind of funny. Sheriff Parsons. <laughs> he uh he was aligned with Metcalf pretty much. Yeah. Well yeah, because Lloyd, Sheriff Lloyd Parsons, uh is like all mad at him about trying to exhume the bodies. So I was like, would the town really turn on him for doing that, especially with good cause? Because both deaths are very sudden and strange. So yeah. if you have something to go on, I would feel like the people would be like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, let's figure this out <laughs> before it kills somebody else. Mm-hmm. Right? But yeah, but the sheriff was very, even after Metcalf's death, is very much just like, I'm going to try to block you at every chance I can because... Who knows? Uh, he had some kind of something to prove to Dr. Metcalf. I don't. <laughs> I know. It was kind of dumb. I'm kind of like, aren't you supposed to be, you know, upholding the law and protecting your citizens? Mm-hmm. You should be trying to figure this out. He's too. He's too set on writing parking tickets for meters that shouldn't even be. Who has parking meters in a town this small? Nobody. That's so unnecessary. I live in Sanford. I have never seen a parking meter and it is a city. There are are only parking meters in my city in like the like square of downtown. And that's it. Like anywhere else. We don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no. I loved, loved when Margaret just walks through and takes them and ripped it up and is like, don't pay attention (laughs) to this man. It was great. She basically told the sheriff off in a very nice way. Mm-hmm. But it still also came through one of the best because she was just like, yeah, he's always been a bully. <laughs> he, I should know because I failed him. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I'm the one that held back. him back as his teacher. <laughs> like, you're wonderful. It's too bad she died so fast because she was mm-hmm. great. Yeah, it was kind of sad. I liked her. Uh, and so Ross then, after the exhumation of the bodies just so happens to call atherton who is the one who found the spiders who did all of this and is kind of the reason that they're there uh, of course kanaima does sound familiar to him considering his deceased photographer was from there <laughs> the poor deceased photographer who really specialized in shooting football and ended up how he ended up out there i don't yeah. know I have it doesn't make sense how does somebody like manly even get into that situation like he must have been a real great photographer but then i shoot figure skating the last place i would want to be is in the rainforest with the (laughs) bugs no no (laughs) yeah but so atherton doesn't quite show up but he sends his assistant chris collins but yeah uh after the bodies all show identical bites then yeah, Atherton's going to be interested. Yeah, Collins, Chris Collins gets him on the horn to come to town. Which is good, because I feel like Dr. Jennings, there was not much more he could do or take mm-hmm. at that point. <laughs> this is, you know, he's just trying to be a country doctor. I think, though, by this point, I would have been saying, why again did I leave the city to come out here? It doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it's. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> mm-mm. 
So I think I could get my old job back, right? Let's just let's just go. Let's just go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but through experimentation and figuring things out, they've landed on the culprit. Atherton knows exactly what spider this is. Again, it's the species he found. Very specific. All of a sudden, we know all this stuff about it because he studied it for like a week. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know how he was able to figure that out. Mm-hmm. So he knows all about its nesting uh, practices and how its hunting works. Just knows everything about the spider after a week of studying it. So super genius scientist, obviously. <laughs> do you suppose that he just got the spider to sit down on the couch and do a brain dump of some kind? Could have been. Yeah. Just like, tell me your life story. And he's like, all right. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. But they... They're thinking that this main male spider would still be at the mortuary where the coffin was brought. So they head over there only to find the morgue. What is the name of somebody who works in a morgue? I don't even. He's a mortician. Mortician. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a word that just wasn't in my brain for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. uh, (laughs) I should know Mort the mortician from Bob's Burgers. Come on. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so Irv, the mortician, and his wife, they just find them uh, dead mid-Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. I'd like to buy a vowel of an I to go right between the R and the P. Uh, Yes. (laughs) When I saw her, all I could think is, oh boy. She's from Drew Carey's show. Like, it's Mimi from Drew Carey. Was it? Yeah. Didn't even put that together. She looks very different. Well, yeah. She was, <laughs> that show was, oh, how many years after? I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, that show didn't come along till four or five years later. Uh-huh. So this was pre-Drew Carey show. Yes. Makes sense. But yeah. yeah. Um, Atherton recognizes the web. Because, again, he knows everything about this spider, even what its webs look like, uh, <laughs> in the picture that Molly took. So off to the barn. He wants to send – he sends Sheriff Lloyd off to get the others, but then they figure out by centralizing the location on a map the area on their own and head to the barn. And we never really see the, uh, the sheriff again, so uh It's probably good because he might have bumbled <laughs> it again. You know, he <laughs> right. would probably get in – yeah, no. It's better if he's not involved. Yeah. Atherton was just like, Lloyd, I need you to – Get out of this movie. We have nothing more for you. Just drive off. <laughs> and he's like, all right, we'll do. <laughs> yeah, so they get back to the house. Atherton doesn't quite make it. Uh, <laughs> no. He uh, comes a little snack wrap. Can I tell you this? That killed me. He's in the barn and says, dinner time, come and get it. Are you out of your fucking mind? You know this is this is a venomous spider. Mm-hmm. It's going to kill you. Why would you be taunting it? Right. It's crazy. <laughs> like well, you think most spiders wouldn't be, you know, actually affected by taunting, but this is a super genius spider that can tell his whole life story to Atherton. So yeah, <laughs> and watches what you do. Like if you're mm-hmm. going one way, it's going to follow you with its eyes. Like. Just what it does. Right. But yeah, so 
things don't go well for them. But then back at the house, things seem normal until all the spiders just kind of come out of nowhere. But then I, I remember when you walk, they walk in, family's watching TV. And I was like, hey, look, Michael Gross is in this movie. Uh, <laughs> yes, briefly. <laughs> so that was cool. And then the spiders come out and I was like, no, don't let the spiders get Michael J. Fox. No, uh, <laughs> no we can't have that. That's not allowed. <laughs> And then it was a lot of spiders, like a lot, a lot everywhere, all over the house. Did you get creeped out, Pake? I don't like it. Didn't like it. How Ross didn't get bitten? Who knows? I don't know because he was flailing so was like, his arms and like a million in the of middle of it, jumping on him. And <laughs> yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. He's like one could take out like two people on a couch, but then like a thousand can't take one guy scared and flailing on the staircase it just doesn't make sense to me it doesn't Mm -hmm. but delbert's here and he's ready to rock he's brought out the goodies man his (laughs) own personal stash of chemicals Mm -hmm. because we saw his original chemicals didn't do shit right (laughs) spiders just kept spraying it and it's like "Eh, why the spiders are looking at him like stop it that's annoying i don't like you which you'd think, like, when that chemical doesn't do anything to the spider, you like, shouldn't you be a little concerned? Yeah, like, you it most... brings out the bigger stuff. Yeah, you definitely would be. You'd want, you know, yeah, your super secret private stash mm-hmm. to be able to take it on. Delbert, he was one of the most wonderful things about this movie, was John Goodman. John Goodman, yeah, we, we do. We love us <sighs> and John Goodman here at Run For Your Lives. Him as an exterminator gave me very uh, fond memories of The Borrowers because that was one of my absolute favorite movies as a kid. I watched it over and over and over and over again. I wonder if it even holds up now. I don't know, but I watched it a lot as a kid. <laughs> it's too bad it isn't a Run for Your Lies movie, Pay because I no, haven't it seen not. it. And I it sounds <laughs> kind of adorable. Mm-hmm. It's a tiny little baby Tom Felton. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 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 and hugh laurie young oh, hugh laurie oh my goodness as a sassy sassy policeman uh <laughs> i've yeah i've seen hugh laurie on i think it's called laurie and fry he and stephen fry who's another british comedian mm-hmm. had a tv show that is on my brit box so i haven't really watched enough of it but i should because it's British. It's comedy. I love that stuff. <laughs> Just finding the time is the problem. Yeah, where were we? <laughs> John Goodman rant. Um, yeah, yeah, he's fantastic, and I feel like we'll great. have more about him. Um, yeah, but let's get back to Ross because he's being swarmed by spiders. We he gotta, is in the bathroom. We gotta get him out of this situation. <laughs> Unfortunately, he doesn't get to a better place because he falls through the floor and into the basement. Yeah, I mean, he got away from the other spiders. He's just going to hang out in the the cellar, not basement. Remember, they make that very clear in this movie. Oh, yeah, the cellar. (laughs) Making the same problem, the same thing that Ross was doing. Um, (laughs) He's down there hanging out with the queen, which that is no way to treat royalty. No, not at all. Just tossing her into a freaking breaker box? Come on. It is not okay. (laughs) No, no, no. He has fun down there. He has a field day downstairs playing with non 
weapons. He basically makes his own. Hanging out with the queen and her general. Yeah. I mean, the general was mad, which, you know, he's throwing the alcohol in the egg sack. General, we'll call him that. Gets really mad, which, hey, I mean, I get it. I wouldn't want some strange man coming in and trying to get my children drunk either, especially before they're born. <laughs> I don't want that. So, oh I mean, I get it. I get um, it. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think that was his intention. However, um, <laughs> we needed to take care of the situation because Jennings realized that the nest was not in the barn, even though Delbert said it wasn't in the barn because it's too airy out there. <laughs> the nest was mm-hmm. actually under the Jennings house. Yeah. Yeah, he got pinned down and he's lobbing bottles. Uh he does get free and he's going very here's Johnny on something he previously he had a was. debilitating fear he, of. So I, that was... <laughs> you know, you have to commend him for being able to face his fear and step up and go against <laughs> it. Because this I mean, it's hard to face your fears, but when you're in a situation like this, yeah, you have to go beyond what you think you can do because surviving is the one thing that you're trying to do most of all. And he had to step up to be able to get past it. Otherwise he would just die in the basement being bitten, which I'm still surprised he was never stung or bitten by the spider, you know, he, he never was bitten by the spiders because he was around so many. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're near the end of the story because he's finally able to kill the general and light the egg sack on fire. Yeah. Toasty. Spider babies all mm-hmm. la flambe. Uh, yeah. After he does kind of go back into that, like fear memory taking over where he's falls down and then the spiders like crawling up him. But he faces that off and he just launches it into the fire and then has a flaming arachnid flying right back at him. But nail gun to the face. Done. (laughs) Such a great use of nail gun. Reminds me of Krampus and gingerbread cookies and nail guns. Yeah, Yeah, it took me it took me back there. But, you know, we're in December and it, you know, Christmas is coming. So it's the perfect time Mm -hmm. to. Reminisce about Krampus. Yeah. I might rewatch that movie just on my own time for fun. Yeah. And then after everything, they immediately move the hell back to San Francisco. Uh, Screw the country and its spiders. (laughs) Earthquakes? Still probably better. Let's just... (laughs) Yeah, that kill. I loved that. They're toasting to things that we know, to events we can control. And then there's an earthquake. And then there's another little earthquake right after so okay Mm -hmm. but that's the devil you know if you're comfortable with that yeah stay with that i do like his line he was like do you know what i miss about the country she's like what and he's like no i'm asking you because i can't think of anything he was not a country person like i don't know (laughs) i don't know what on earth made him think that he needed to go be a country doctor because he's not a cunt because it couldn't have been the money no um Definitely not. I don't see him wanting to live out there. And yeah, he's not a hiker. He's not someone that likes to be outside. So no, I don't, I don't see it. 
Well, yeah, that's all the notes I've got there on Dr. Jennings and his grand adventure in Kanaima. <laughs> <laughs> Kanaima? Kanaima! Uh, yeah, I really don't have anything else on him. Yeah, got a f- few little notes about just kind of the opening. Uh, we get, you know, Jerry Manley is the photographer. He's in this secluded part of this, like, South American Venezuelan rainforest. They see this uh, 24-hour ant on his knee that they talk about and flick off. Uh, Better known as the bullet ant, which, yes, one of the world's most painful stings. Excruciating pain that can last up to 24 hours, which is where it gets that local name. Ooh, yeah. Keep me far away from that, please. (laughs) Yeah, and then that's where they do kind of make the point to say that they don't have the reproductive system. And then so then I was like, well, that explains that they have like a quick and like asexual reproduction and they're spreading quickly. But then they're like, no, they actually do reproduce with a random house spider. And we don't know how, but move past that. Okay. (laughs) Why explain it? It takes too much time. Who needs it? I did think that when they were kind of getting to that, like, not a hole in the ground, but it was kind of like this area that they were going to have to go down into it remind me a little bit of Jurassic Park. Um, mm-hmm. And they kept talking about dinosaurs. So I'm like, yeah. oh, this is three years before Jurassic Park came out. But that spider that uh, decided to hitchhike, he got to see a lot of the world. Like, he was on the move. Yeah. Yeah, he was just up in the tree. Which, that's a pretty screwed up way of finding new species, by the way, is just hit them with a toxic gas and then collect yeah, the carcasses I, that fall. Like, what if one of those butterflies was also the last yeah. of the species? You didn't think no, of that, did you? No, he didn't. I didn't <laughs> like it. I didn't think it was good. Mm-hmm. But these spiders obviously very resilient because they don't die from the, gra- the gas. They fell, but then they pop back up to life. Very aggressive, maybe a little extra intelligent to some degree. And then, yeah, the one that we really follow our general hitches a ride back to camp on the equipment bites and kills manly. And then he hitches a ride in his coffin in his oh casket. Cause he put this whole plan together for an American vacation. Cause that's what he wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then he got back into the States, back to Kanaima. Then uh, there's a little ad for the Friends Forever Pet Door. Great for ease of entrance and exit for all your little animal friends. Dogs, cats, killer spiders. They'll all love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, he, so he must have been feeding on Manly's body. Yeah, that he looked pretty him, rough. Some road trip snacks. They yeah. wanted to have an open and casket a, and there's no way they could have. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. And then the spider booked a quick, you know, flight over on Crow Airlines. He tipped his pilot out of the air. And now he just wants to enjoy some country living with his new roommates from San yeah. Francisco. Um, <laughs> he does. Where he spins a lot of webs for a spider who's clearly a part of a tarantula species. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was interesting. Uh, and then we got to the point where I was, you know, showing the egg sack with all the little spiders. And I was like, no, thanks. I'm good. And it was at that moment that I know I just decided to stop watching this movie and watch Scott Pilgrim instead. So we're going to cover that now. Uh, <laughs> sure. All right. Okay. You know. So here, okay. So here's really the big kicker. Scott is dating a high schooler. Her name's Knives. Knives Chow. Um, 
She's Chinese. Hey, no. <laughs> I think we should take a break. You can go back and finish the movie. <laughs> and then we'll talk about it on Run for Your Lives. Oh, we're not just going to talk no. about Scott Pilgrim at this point because I'm tired no, of spiders. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. But see, they're in a band called Sex Bubble. Yes, um, I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> I know I saw this movie a couple of years ago. I think it was in a on a group watch. Yeah, yeah, because there's there's Scott, and he he plays the bass. But then you know there's there's still still he's he's the guitarist. He's singing and stuff. Also, you got Kim on drums. They used to date. You used to date, but <laughs> mm-hmm. and then there's young Neil. What does he play? Eh. Zelda. Um. <laughs> yeah. This episode of Run for Your Lies has been brought to you by the Edgar Wright Fan Club. Pake Allen president. <laughs> right. <laughs> But then there's, you know, his roommate. No. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Let's get back on it. All right. We'll get back to Ramona Flowers. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, do we have to talk about spiders more? Yes. <sighs> Fine. But you, Pake, you can have some ice cream after you record. Okay. Is that better? Okay. I have some ice cream. Okay. I have some, uh, like, Mexican hot chocolate. With tapatio hot okay. sauce ice cream. You can have some ice cream after we finish talking about the spiders, okay? Yeah. Is that better? Okay. <laughs> I could do it. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm not going to talk about spiders anymore. Let's talk about people. I like people. Let's, uh, you know what? Uh, Let's talk about Delbert McClintock. Senior exterminator with amazing one-liners. Who is quick to point out things. A web would indicate an arachnoid presence. And, uh, yeah, lots of other fun little things like, why is the wood rotting? Mrs. Jennings, Molly. Bad wood. I, I'll tell you why. Bad wood. So what do we do? Tear out bad wood, put in good wood. Simple as that. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really have much about him that I haven't already talked about. Yeah, I feel like we filled all of that in. For some reason, <laughs> I thought, I forgot his part wasn't as big as originally remembered. I wish that he had more because he's just fun. Yeah. You know, he's not afraid to go in and get the job done. So. Yeah, he was great. He was, he's bad. Yeah. And <laughs> he knows it. <laughs> Breaking out the big guns, uh, sizzling them. Uh, yeah, and then I just the Beechwoods. I think they were just really fun. Uh, it's, it's just like a funny thing when they're at the party, kind of get to know Doctor Jennings' party. You got their their daughter Bunny, the youngest daughter, uh, just like judo flipping Tommy on the ground, uh, <laughs> and that's just totally fine and normal. Becky's majoring in gym. Uh, and Bobby is the star quarterback. I love the the line cracked me up. Oh, nepotism, huh? Actually, we're Baptists. Yes, that was funny. <laughs> uh, I loved when Jennings uh, lets his daughter go out with Bunny, the neighbor's kid. He's expecting they're mm-hmm. going to go chase fireflies. And Bunny wants to blow up a bullfrog. It's mm-hmm. a little bit different than chasing fireflies. Yeah. 
they're, they're kind of a real rowdy family. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But but Henry, pretty good guy overall. I said he hooked up <laughs> Ross with a whole bunch of clientele. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> a whole lineup. Maybe he's a whole lineup. whole lineup of them, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of coughing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He was turning heads the whole time he was there. Yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, <laughs> stupid. Make it so many But yeah, while he's talking with him in the gym before that, you kind of get that like kind of creepy ominous thing where he's like, you know, all there is crickets out here. He's like, I haven't heard any crickets. He's like, you know what? Me neither. And he's like, hmm. Yeah. wonder why. Well, spiders <laughs> eat crickets. Jennings mm-hmm. even has one on his hand at one point and is like, where are all your friends? Mm-hmm. Like, he's the last surviving cricket. Where's his spinoff movie? I don't movie? know. We need it, right? The last of the crickets. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I don't have any other, like, character notes, really, other than, again, with Irv, the mortician. Uh, it's just such a trope in movies and TV that the anybody working in a morgue has to constantly like have a food sandwich in their hands and, and be eating <laughs> like always yeah. sandwich or chips or something else yeah he was hungry mm-hmm. he was really hungry mm-hmm. he was a real snacker that one that's what took him out what in the was end that popcorn that dang popcorn with fake butter oh goodness <laughs> always go for the real butter yeah <sighs> Well, that's all the character notes I have. I think I have more about spiders. Well, why don't you share what uh, you have about spiders? And then I'll share what I have that's behind the scenes. Yeah, okay. So Ramona Flowers, sometimes she changes her hair color. <laughs> <when> she, <laughs> she works for Amazon.ca. That's the website for Amazon.ca. Uh <laughs> Hey, I'm not going to let you have any ice cream if you continue to go down this road. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Come on, you know this was a fun one. So Crash and the boys um, have a drummer who's actually like an eight-year-old girl. And <laughs> you know what? Okay. We're going to record an episode of some podcast <clears throat> and we'll cover Scott Pilgrim. I've already done that. I know, but obviously not Twice. enough. <laughs> obviously. Uh, can we just start a Scott Pilgrim podcast and we just cover Scott Pilgrim every week? Do you want to cover like five minutes a week? No, we, we do like a full hour long episode where we just talk about Scott Pilgrim every week. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> is there a listenership for that or do you just want to do it because you want to talk about it? Yeah, that's what it's all about is fun, right? Of course. <laughs> Do it for yourself. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, okay, fine. Spy- uh, classic shower scene with the spider. Oh, that was. That was yeah, a must that have, was so right? classic. Like, obviously. Yeah. You got to do it. <laughs> we learned that a lot of the spiders die out pretty quickly for whatever reason, science, logic, reason A. Um, and. <laughs> Because they find the webs in the Metcalf's house, but they find the spider, or at least one of them, dead in the cereal box. Because maybe Sheriff Lloyd, maybe Sheriff Parsons was supposed to be a mortician in his time, too, as much as he likes to snack. In someone's well. house who's who's died, he's running around taking the cereal right. box. Mm-hmm. 
That's what no, you do, right? it isn't what you uh, do. It's <laughs> what he does. He's just <laughs> stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's all the notes I got. I'm sure you have. Oh, some I have fun some fun about spiders. Fun, fun things to talk about. So here are some notes I have that are behind the scenes. Frank Marshall meant for this film to be like Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. And he said, people like to be scared, but laughing like a roller coaster. No one wants to be terrified. Speak for yourself. Roller coasters scare me. Like, mm. Don Jacoby and Wesley Strick have each worked on other films that we could cover on Run for Your Lives. Jacoby wrote a movie called Vampires. It's from 1998, and it stars James Woods and Daniel Baldwin. Strick wrote Wolf and a movie called Doom, which I really think we should cover, even though, well, it's aliens. We should definitely cover it, right? We, we, we like aliens. Yeah. We'll do aliens. Arachnophobia. Speaking of, we need to do aliens. Yes, we do. <laughs> Arachnophobia also bears some similarities to a 1977 film starring William Shatner called Kingdom of the Spiders. I don't feel like I can traumatize you with that right now. But someday, Pake. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking about it. And it's just... So Lucas Lee is this pretty good skateboarder who was pretty good. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Oh. That's just my defense mechanism. You start talking about spiders again. Okay. Just like... All right. Well, Matthew Patel has hipster demons, All right. right? So now I know that if we cover spiders, I'm going to have mm. to surround it with lots of cooler movies, I guess. I don't know. Um, I have seen Kingdom of the Spiders it's quite funny and I think we could get Jerry to come on and cover it with us because it's really fun fun. he likes to get old school stuff he does he's always got lots of insights on that stuff Jamie Heineman who is a star and a producer on Mythbusters worked on the special effects for this film nice the animatronic general spider Big Bob Seen at the film's climax was one of the earliest props that he did. Film used over 300 Avondale spiders from New Zealand that were chosen for their large size, unusually social lifestyle, and the fact that they were harmless to humans. They used heat and cold to guide them around the set. The sound of a spider being crushed, like the one by John Goodman's character, Delbert, was made by the Foley artists crushing a couple of potato chips. (laughs) When dead spiders were needed, filmmakers used bodies of arachnids that had died of natural causes. I wondered if they were in little black bags, you know? What's what's the process of getting that? (laughs) Like, how do you... What is the process even goes to, like... Who's got a bunch of dead spiders that died naturally, but then they're just hanging on to them? Because that's what we need. (laughs) Is that a hobby that people have? So the live spiders were housed separately in a temperature-controlled area. Since spiders can't be trained, that sounds a lot like cats. Um, An entomologist devised other means to guide the spiders. They had vibrating wires. They used pledge furniture wax, which spiders wouldn't walk on. Um... And then the Wranglers also worked with the actors on how to handle them so that they wouldn't hurt or mistreat them. So they took this very seriously. They didn't want people to think that 
they were being cruel to the spiders. Right. In several scenes, um, where a spider is stepped on or a book falls on the spider, they had a hole cushioned with rubber foam that was carved into the shoe or book, allowing a space to protect the spider. Scenes were then shot in cuts and then edited together. Um, actors can show their feelings by way of expressing with their face. To show spiders' feelings on camera, they had to make use of like the posture and natural movement. They also used cal- um, camera angles to uh, make the spiders look more frightening. When the exterminator sprays insecticide, it is just plain water being sprayed. That scene and the scene in the shower were shot in cuts, taking great care not to get the spiders too wet. When the spider is going down the drain, it's actually a fake drain, and the spider is quickly removed. The giant spider was mechanical, and it's the mechanical and fake spiders that were electrocuted and burned. When scientists collect insect specimens in giant funnels, the insects are a mixture of fake and dried insects that were already dead. During an interview with GQ magazine, John Goodman let it slip to the writer that while he was filming a very long shot of his character driving in his exterminator truck, Steven Spielberg was sitting in the passenger seat, foot well out of view of the camera, and he said to John Goodman, only we will know that I was here, because he never (laughs) appeared in anything. And then finally... In June 2022, it was announced that Atomic Monster Productions and Amblin Partners are going to produce a remake of the film. Ooh. The film is expected to be co-produced by James Wan and Michael Clear. Executive produced by Frank Marshall, who was the director on the original film. And written and directed by Christopher Landon, who is the son of Michael Landon. James Wan involved means it's going to be creepy. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> it's gonna I think it could be good. I think there. it could be good. I think it could be a different take. Yeah, we'll we'll cover it, I'm sure, whenever it happens. I may watch Scott Pilgrim one or eight times before and get myself ready. And then... <laughs> I think you should transition to Baby Driver. Yeah. Oh, Baby Driver's great. See, right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, what is Edgar Wright directed that we can cover, Pake? Uh, we could do Shaun of the Dead. Okay. We could do The World's End. All right. We could do Hot Fuzz. We could get away with it. I love Hot Fuzz. If we wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so really, I mean, the whole Cornetto trilogy and you is know, totally do you know that something I've, we can do here. I've never seen World's End. That's why we're going to do it. <laughs> we have to. Maybe later this season. All right. That sounds good. I'm put it on the list. All right. <laughs> yeah. So that's all that I have. I feel like we've done a great job covering this movie. There's a lot of nostalgia because I know a lot of our listeners watched this when they were much younger. Um, so I'm excited to hear what they have to say. I'm really excited to hear what our listeners have to say about this one. Yeah. F- feedback phone. It's not. It's not following the cue. You you queued it up for it to. Yeah, I did do its thing, and it's it's not wanting to cooperate today. Oh, so uh, 
pegwork. So don't worry. While we're waiting on the feedback phone to ring, I'll just talk more about Scott Pilgrim. So, you see, uh, there's this character. That, oh, dang it. Okay, well, I, I'll go get it. Thank now. you, I, feedback phone. I appreciate your interference. All right, we do have a little bit of feedback this week, which I'm excited. The first one right here, and it's all arachnophobia. People are on week, on point. I on know. Brand. All right. It's amazing, right? <laughs> so exciting. Yeah. And this first one comes from Jerry. says, Arachnophobia was one of my favorite comedy horror movies of the 90s. The stars were great, especially John Goodman and Jeff Daniels. But the main focus was on the great spider effects for the time. One or two spiders is easy to handle, but a few thousand? Not so much. It should also be mentioned that the cast of spiders were all little eight-legged liars. They do nothing but spin a web of lies. But thankfully, they were bought off easy with a big pile of beetles. <laughs> Thank you, Jerry. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. that. The next one is from our friend Kelly. She says, I feel like I need to revisit this one. I remember it terrifying me as a kid. Yeah, good. You should revisit it. And then hopefully you did. And then listen to this or in yeah. the other order, whatever. Just, but yeah, go watch it again because it's great. <laughs> Absolutely. And lastly, this one comes from Alma Contreras. Hey, Alma, I got to meet her in San Francisco and she was freaking you awesome. You did. So, yeah. <laughs> so good to hear from you. She says, This is one of my faves. I totally love John Goodman's character. The little music they play when he would come on always makes me laugh. I do not suffer from arachnophobia, but man, this flick did scare me a bit at the thought of deadly spider bites. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've been bitten by a spider. Not obviously not a deadly spider, mm-hmm. but I have had several spider bites and they're not pleasant, right. even though non-venomous. Mm-hmm. I remember my brother got bit by a brown recluse once. That was nasty. That sounds awful. Mm -hmm. Even the name Brown Recluse. I mean, it just sounds bad, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Well, if you would like to submit feedback, like Jerry, Kelly, or Alma, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Run for Your Lives Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at RFYL Podcast, or you could email us your feedback, including a voice message, at runforyourlivespodcast at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the show, tell your friends. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, pretty much all other podcast players, including YouTube. Go to runforyourlivespodcast.com for all the links you'll ever need and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's the best way to share the love and get us out there even more. We really appreciate it. Absolutely, we do. And of course, speaking of sharing the love, we give some shout outs to things going on in the podcast universe around us. Starting, of course, my other podcast, Strange Indeed. Me and Rima have been barreling through Mike Flanagan's Midnight Club. Loving it so much. So this week we had episode nine, the penultimate episode. We had Jade back on with us to break that one down. It was a lot of fun. And the finale is next week. So, Uh, man, I've already watched it. I've already done all kinds of, like, looking into things. So it's over for me, but not quite, because I do get to go back and revisit, rewatch that finale one more time and break it down and talk about it with Rima. Maybe Jason. I don't know. We're not set on him being on there yet, but we'll, we'll see. But it might just be me and Rima. But either way, I'm sure it will be quite a show packed with 
us breaking things down. Hopefully we have lots of feedback. We get a lot of feedback on the finales. Typically I know Daphne has a lot of special uh, feedback plans for us. So looking forward to that. (laughs) Isn't it great when you get to the end of a season, you can actually go back and read some of the articles that you haven't been able to read the entire time, especially with a show like this that drops all at once. Yeah. It's really hard. In fact, I'll even have some uh, Mike Flanagan goodness to to throw into stuff next week. I mean, not like official feedback, like he didn't send us anything directly, but Mike, because I know you're listening. No, you're not. But if you are, uh, (laughs) if you ever want to send me anything, I'm totally game, bro. Um, But but yeah, no, just some Mike Flanagan stuff that has been put out in the world that definitely needs to be read on that episode. And that's just a tease for people who are watching Midnight Club and know what's going on. So yeah, check that out. Then, of course, Podcastica as a whole uh, has a couple of good things going on. Of course, uh, Dead to Me, Jason Penny and Jade are still working through that season three episodes right now. Still covering those. Go check those out. And then Podcastica is launching a new podcast very soon. Yes. In the next few weeks. Um, it will be a movie podcast. So, you know competition no i'm kidding uh (laughs) but yeah it's a a movie podcast over on podcastica but they're not even covering just specific stuff kind of like we do they are just anything and everything old new all kind of genres just really a way for a lot of podcastica hosts and people to just be able to nerd out and talk about movies when they really want to so you know they i think jason's gonna try to set up a way for even listeners to give feedback on what movies they want to hear covered and things over there he is. So if you've ever yeah, wanted to hear movies that don't fit really within the run for your lives thing, and there's other movies of other genres that you're really a big fans of that you want to hear, go check that out when Podcastica launches that. Cause I'm sure me and Daphne will be popping in and off of there. Yes. From time to time. So <laughs> we will. Yeah. We've already talked about some <laughs> non monster horror disaster movies that we could cover. Yeah. Maybe something from Laika. Mm hmm. But of course, the <laughs> first episode of that will be soon and will be before Christmas because it will be a Christmas movie. Uh, Daphne actually is going to be on that inaugural episode with Jade yes. and Penny covering Miracle on 34th Street. Yes, it's been quite a long time since I watched that movie, but I love the idea of going back to revisit it. And it's not a typical, quote, Daphne movie. It's just something, though, the opportunity presented itself and I... I'm excited to podcast about something a little bit different. Yeah, it'll be awesome. It's going to be fun. And of course, the Walking Dead cast does have an episode up this week. Even though the show has wrapped, they are doing one final comic talk episode. Jason, Lucy, and Derek just kind of re-examining how the series as a whole, how the ending of the series matches with the ending of the comics and a lot of things. Now that both are over, they can really kind of compare and contrast and look at, you know, Show versus comics really, you know, break those things down and see how a lot of that went. And that's a great listen. I'm like in the middle of that listen right now. So it's been really good. (laughs) I have not listened to it yet. I'm kind of waiting because when I do listen, it will really all be over. And I'm kind of putting (laughs) that off. Yeah. But uh, actually, that is all the other things going on. Everybody else is kind of like slumbering in their winter you know, caves like bears, uh, they're hibernating. And (laughs) now I'm sure a lot of, you know, podcasts, because a lot of other podcasts kind of in pirate core and podcastica and independent friends that are doing stuff kind of, you know, go bi-weekly or kind of bounce around sometimes. So it's just one of those weeks where 
kind of laying quiet, but we're here for you. And we'll be That's here next right. week as well with something yes. pretty special. So uh, why don't you fill everybody in on what that is going to be? Well, it's holiday special time. Now, you guys know that we usually release our Christmas episode the week of Christmas. But this year, we're going to release it a week earlier because we're doing something really special. A crossover episode. What is this? A crossover episode? Yes. (laughs) It is our first ever crossover episode. So you guys are used to us talking about what Jason and Lucy are up to over at Walking Dead Cast. But for this edition of Run for Your Lives, we are going to be joined by them to discuss Anna and the Apocalypse, the 2017 film that was directed by John McPhail and written by Alan McDonald and the late Ryan McHenry. This is a feature film based on McHenry's 16-minute short film, Zombie Musical. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to get to nerd out a little bit about some of the fun parts of this film. Uh, The music, I'll give you a little spoiler. I love the music in this movie. It's amazing. It's, It's a lot of fun. It's made its, its way onto lots of playlists. I mentioned that yeah, when we recorded it. So, yeah. <laughs> it's very catchy. So we're really excited to have Jason and Lucy join us for this fun discussion. And we're also going to have a special announcement next Ooh, week. Ooh, teaser. Yeah. What's it going to be? Stay tuned. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I think you guys will like it. I like it. I do, too. <laughs> If we like it, you guys should too. Anyway, that brings us to the end of another fun episode. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Pake. And if you have to run, you better run for your lives. Bye-bye.